2: Top shoes.
3: Recorded live.
2: Welcome to the Colton Collective podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave A. C. and the Sick Doctor.
0: everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of the Galtham Collective Podcast. Yes, we're closing in the end of the doctor. Well the end of the series, Doctor Who is what I was talking about, yeah, but, but the end of the doctor as well. Time's running out. And somebody else whose time's running out is
4: Mr Dave A C. Hey? What? <laughs> oh I better get one of those artificial hearts. Hi Ian Hey Dave, how you do it?
5: <laughs>
4: I'm a bit no. worried now.
5: <laughs>
0: don't make me laugh, I'll start coughing. I'm still sick, folks. Yeah. Still got the man flu. Yep. Oh ah,
4: still, still got <laughs> your
0: fast bottom, mummy. you? Yeah, fast bottom. you hmm <laughs> Alrighty. Enough of that carry on. I suppose we should see who's here, huh? Yeah, I'll, indeed, start at
5: indeed. It, I'll
0: start at the fast bottom because I don't know if, uh, who's awake at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us, on audio, Rick Wall is here. Hello, Rick.
1: Hello, hello. Hello,
0: hello, hello. I'm glad you could make it.
6: Glad to be here.
0: Good, 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 good. All right, also joining us, Mr. Randall Thor is here. Hello, Mike.
3: Ah, uh, I'm back in this time zone. Back in the other, we've already recorded about 30 episodes of Cultdom.
0: <laughs> in, what, including the uh, commentaries for... Uh, Several time
3: times. <laughs> Several times over.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get it done, I guess. All right, and live from Las Vegas, it's Dr. Gonzo.
6: Hello. Uh, sorry I haven't been around all year. I've really enjoyed the shows, but uh, family's gone and made plans for Sunday, so I'm I'm alone and available. So hello. Everybody.
0: <laughs> what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, I've stayed in my hotel room out of the heat.
0: I'm alone and available. That just sounds like a pickup line, guy.
6: <laughs> yeah, I realised that as I
0: said it.
5: <laughs> uh, it.
0: Sounds like one you should use, Dave. Whoever she Alright, and last but not least, he's normally at the top of the list. He's at the bottom of the list today, or at the top of the bottom of the. Anyway. To the other end, it's Mr. <coughs> Darth Skeptical. Hello, Darth.
7: Through the other end? Really? Yeah. Is that what we're doing now? Okay. Well,
0: yeah, but well, hmm. I, 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 we didn't hear from you before I started the show, so I didn't want to – you're at the top of my list, so I had to reverse the list. I had to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow.
7: Oh, I see. I thought we were still following on with the bottom joke. Hi, how are you? <laughs> good, good. Very good. We're <laughs> replete with bottom jokes. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs>
0: Yep, all right. Well, that's everybody that's on audio.
8: So I guess it's time to see who's under the cone. Uh, Who's under the cone? I've just written the bottom of the cone up.
4: Control,
2: new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the Cone of Silence. What? Do not shout in the Cone of Silence. What? In fact, don't even use the Cone of Silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable Cone of Silence.
4: What? What?
0: What? A cone. I guess it's in a different time zone. <clears throat> Seamless.
4: Seamless. Seamlessly done.
0: Seamless. Seamless, yes. <laughs> Other professionalism. All right. Under the cone today are uh, Dragon Time Lord, Jim and Kathleen, Mad Hell, Jess the Seventh Doctor, and uh, this episode sucked. That's not me saying that, that we're we're being joined by this episode sucked.
8: Hi guy.
0: Okay. Um, or gal. I know. Um, so uh, I, I don't really know what's going on with the show today. We decided to go ahead, even though we really shouldn't have. Because we're missing somebody. Cybob's not here.
6: Ah!
0: Uh, I I make go, no guarantees for the content of the show without Cybob. Dude, this
6: is not an, to an to official show, it. then. Don't yeah, it's not an official show, it.
0: yeah. It's not officially sanctioned.
8: <laughs> All doomed.
6: Well, I guess you're due for a uh, title change, because he's always been known as the ever-present Cybob, and that's I not know. the case anymore.
0: That's why it's not an official, um, yeah, episode. So you know, yeah, you know, if it were official, then he, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> it, yeah, Jeff says he's at the opposite side of the ship. He hasn't arrived yet. Well, he has arrived, but just not.
4: Unauthorized, under authorized.
0: He, he, he's he's in the lift, and we've just been joined in the text chat by Barman Fifty Four. Oh. Mm, which means somebody can't be too far behind with any luck.
4: Kenny's in the (laughs) rats.
0: All right, until then, uh, there's only one more person to introduce, and that's the Typing Monkey,
4: which means it's news time. Go, Typing Monkey, go. Seamless.
0: Yeah, seamless, seamless. (laughs)
4: All right, first up with news
0: is Mr. Randolph. I've
3: got two news items today. One, both involve upcoming TV projects. Uh, Paramount, Star, uh, CBS, and confirmed earlier this week that September 24th will be the premiere date of Star Trek Discovery. And keeping in mind the odd, the different way they're doing this, the first episode will air Sunday night, September 24th, on CBS affiliates. And from that point, weekly through the end of the series of that season, the episodes will be released exclusively on their all-access digital premium service. So. <laughs> Yeah, September 24th, a uh, mm. new episode of Discovery Star Trek on TV, but then you have to pay for the rest. So,
0: <laughs> that's. Apart from, apart from uh, Dave, Dave gets it for free.
3: That's true outside of the U.S. That's right.
0: Yeah, Dave gets to watch it for free. So, we're living vicariously through you, Dave.
3: Because <laughs> mm. it's going
0: to be available on Netflix all around the world. Well, most of the world, except for the U.S., who have to pay extra. Mm hmm. Bad business. Let's... Yeah, other bit of... I'll wait until wait the whole series is done and they put the whole thing on Netflix, you know.
3: Maybe, I don't know if they will, if that'll ever hit Netflix in the US given CBS exclusivity. Right. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, other bit of news here, we have details uh, for... Hang
0: on one second uh, there, Mike. Uh, Jeff just put in the text chat that there will be a second episode available on CBS All Access on the 24th after the peri- uh, premiere. Oh, okay. On CBS over the air.
3: That's right. Yeah. Okay. First episode. Yeah. First episode. And then yeah, the first two. So they're doing a sort of double billing in a way, sort of. But uh, yeah, that's that for Star Trek. Uh, we had the new the first trailer several weeks ago for Discovery. Uh, next news item: uh, Radio Times has revealed uh, the next project for Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis following on from. Moffat leaving Doctor Who and Sherlock being on. Well, we don't know if or when that'll ever return. Radio Times have confirmed Moff- Moffat Gaddis will next team up on a remake of Dracula. They're doing a series in a sim- very same format to Sherlock. They're doing 90 minute specials for a a TV adaptation of the 1897 Bram Stoker novel Dracula. So, given Gaddis's with horror genre it'll be interesting to see how that goes they haven't confirmed anything and inter- so well the only other thing we have confirmed is that uh sue virtue will be producing just the, like the same production format we've had for sherlock so uh the only
4: he made Go one ahead. comment on the on the straight after drop. two had a facebook live event um for people to watch and he came on as being interviewed as well as pearl mackie was being interviewed and um, he, he, he said as a passenger, he says, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, and the blog said, is it anything like Sherlock? He says, hmm, Dracula the detective. Oh, must write that idea down. <laughs> so he said, so then he had to, there's a buzz round the crowd, so he said, no, 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 it's not going to be Dracula as a detective, I just have that idea.
3: <laughs> the only other detail I have for this is that uh, BBC are just fi- finalising talks with the two of them, and the series is the earliest air date is 2019, so two years away at the earliest. No word on it if it'll be a modernization the way Sherlock was or what they'll be doing with it, but uh, there we go. That's their next project, and that's what I have for news this week.
4: Who said Dracula? I said Frankenstein. Of course I did.
3: He's the, that's the name of the doctor.
4: Seamless.
3: <laughs> Seamless.
0: There. This is what happens
4: when... My, uh, when uh, there's cyborgs out
0: here. Yeah, I know. It's just terrible. We should have just all gone home. Hang on, we are home. Well, apart from Dragon Gonzo. Dr. Gonzo, sir. Dr. Gonzo. Anyway, seamless. <clears throat> Alright, I've got some interesting news. Well, it's interesting for me. Um, for those of you old enough to remember, uh, when the PlayStation originally uh, uh, hit, uh, hit our screens, if it were, uh, PlayStation. Uh it was launched uh very quickly with a title that, that basically sucked me into being to to having a, a, a games console. Um and which was uh, Crash Bandicoot. Yes, the Bandicoot is back. Uh this Friday sees the release of a uh a selection of three games. Uh the original, of course, uh Crash Bandicoot Warped and I'm trying to remember what the other one is. Uh, um but yes being, they've been they've uh, been uh they've gone back and remastered them and made some uh adjustments to the games to kind of you know bring them up to date uh and they yeah they will be released on uh, on friday and I've already got my copy so i am uber happy uh but yeah it was one of those things that 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 got me back into to to the gaming on the on the t v um Yes, it's available on uh, the 30th of this month, and uh, I'm I'm just looking at the, yeah, it's uh, Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 2, um, and Crash Bandicoot Warped, and so, yeah, you get all three of those games, and I think it's retailing for $40. If you buy it on the PS4 itself as a digital, you get some uh, extras along with it, uh, which Includes backgrounds and icons and stuff like that for your PS4.
8: I think that's all I've got news-wise. Um. I think I talked about Hitchhikers uh, last week, did I not?
5: I think so. Yes,
8: I did. Mm. The only other news I had. You got any news, Dave? Not really, Uh, no I haven't
4: Um, I mean there's been an awful lot going on I mean one of the things they're talking about is you know how the the numbers are down for people watching Doctor Who but I mean really it's been up against tons of stuff it's been up against of course Glass uh, number started here in the UK and then there's some big big live events like The Voice and uh, another one that's on the BBC called Pitch Battle which actually follows Doctor Who but um, You know, an awful lot going on. And of course, we all watch the tennis, don't we, when we can? Um, You know, not really uh, any news. I was trying to search something out. I was reading there was some uh, new project uh, related to June uh, that was trying to get uh, going again, but um, I can't find any concrete information about it. I
0: thought it was all about fans, not concrete. Yeah, there you go. No, I
7: think it's. Cool. Slide in a little bit of news, um, sort of big. Ron Howard directing the uh, oh, yes. Han Solo uh, single, Star Wars Adventure, brought in kind of at the last minute, certainly mid-filming, kind of. Um, but it's great. It's a return of Ron, Ron Howard to um, Lucasfilm. Ron Howard, obviously, big personal friend of George Lucas uh involvement with Lucas, I suppose, dating back to um American Graffiti, which really without American Graffiti there is no Star Wars and he was an integral part of that film. Um also isn't Willow also Lucasfilm, Film or am I? is Willow I don't know. I, I have is Willow Lucasfilm? film? It is, isn't it? Or at least written by Lucas. I believe it's
5: Lucasfilm.
7: Yeah, yeah. I, I I just can't remember in my head. Is it Lucasfilm or is it just written by Lucas? I can't quite remember, but I guess it's Lucasfilm, sure. Um, but yeah. So there's a lot of connection between Ron Howard and Lucasfilm, and I'm actually just on a personal level quite excited that he's getting to direct a Star Wars film. I think it should have happened uh, a long time ago. I would have I would have liked him to have been the one to direct Force Awakens. Though I'm not at all displeased with. Abrams' direction of that project. Uh, but I'm glad this is the kind of film. So going back to his roots, you would think, as a director, you know, because he was he's rooted in, you know, what was his first thing, that car movie? Um, Jill. No, no, no. The. No, uh, no, no, no. Even before. It's the uh, Corman directed. The. I mean,
5: is it called yep. for
7: Not what I was thinking it was called, but. Um, that's
5: what it was
7: called okay Uh, but at any rate
5: you gotta do
6: this movie for me and then you can do Need for Speed
7: I thought it was Grand Theft Auto no but mm, okay I don't know Um, but at any rate it's you know there's certainly some uh, history of Ron Howard being uh, in sort of or directing films that sort of have a central rugged sort of character in them, though so it's been a little while since that happened. I mean, obviously he's he's done a, a wide range of different projects, but I think it's I think it's great. So I'm happy to see what happens with that. Uh, I'm a little scared, I guess, that they've changed directors this close to release date. But what you gonna do? You know, that's well, you talk you
6: about start. a sigh of relief well, uh, <laughs> following that announcement you know, that there were creative differences, and I started worrying that that movie was going to take off at all. So this this is at least a positive change.
4: Looking at the, the Wikipedia for uh, Roger Corman, it says Ron Howard, Grand Theft Auto, 1977, director, okay. co-writer.
5: Was wrong.
7: Hmm. Yeah, I, you're right about the creative different thing being a little bit of a worrying thing, although there have been plenty of films that, you know, have been made with just crazy amounts of conflict. I mean, Casablanca, one of the best films of all time. Nobody knew what the hell was going on from a production mm-hmm. standpoint until they just somehow made it work in the editing bay, and then it was just like the best film ever made. Yeah, they um, filmed two endings, so,
4: didn't they? Where she goes off with each of the two men.
7: Right. Filmed I mean, both and, you know, but beyond that, they just didn't even have the narrative glue at, at one point. They were just like, well, I don't know. We're just shooting. <laughs> it came together and, you know, it was one of the greatest things ever. So yeah, it's it's I, I,
4: Actually, I should uh, tell you that that really is the impetus for me and Ian. You know, we, mm-hmm. we just do it, don't we? We just talk and it just mm-hmm. comes good. Yeah. No, this is all incredibly scripted.
5: <laughs> oh!
0: I mean, hey, you don't think it sounds like this by accident, do you? It's all <laughs> scripted. It all all totally worked out. It years ago.
6: So, Darth, so, you're saying that, um, um, uh, that was the first
7: uh, Taiwanese movie, actually? <laughs> no. That like a that's how they question. make movies in Taiwan. They just shoot it and edit it. And they edit together afterwards, yeah. I mean, and, and to be honest, that's really Star Wars, you know, because... Uh, or Corman, really, Well, but really, well, there's that, but, I mean, Lucas himself is obviously more of an editor than a director per se, or he's a director who paints through editing. Um, So, you know, who knows how this thing could turn out, but certainly you would think that having an Oscar-winning director at the helm of it is not going to result in terrible things. Um, And that, you know, the Star Wars story group has still got their finger on the pulse, and it's just that you know, whatever the the uh, creative differences were with the original director, were, I guess, honest points of difference. But that doesn't mean you still couldn't end up with a great film out of it. It Just may not be the one that the original director wanted. You know. Uh, so. And I'm thank God, God *Cats Blanca*
1: didn't have the original cast.
7: Well, there's always that too. You know, I mean,
5: yeah.
7: it's filmmaking is. Art and science blended together, and you just never know exactly what's going to happen until you actually hit your release date, and then it is what it is. So we'll have to see. It's
8: exciting, though. Oh, okay, by of the way. way, yes, welcome, Ken.
2: Yes, yes, Ken has joined us.
4: Yay! Padley One
0: Kenobi, you're our only hope. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Yeah, we'll edit that in. Yeah,
0: there you go. It was all planned as well. Um, just uh, kind of uh, something I just caught on Facebook. Uh, thanks to our friend Graham Sheridan and Ellen T. Butcher. Um, that on sale right now. It's a web special price. Oh. There you go. Dramatic g- chord. G- a gong.
5: So it's a zip <laughs> gong.
0: A Oh, yes, the gong show just you just came out, too. Wow. That's ah. very good. Um, Darth may think different, but we'll get to that in a second. Let me finish this thought. I'm not on my meds anymore, so let me finish this thought. Uh, but, yes, uh just found out through Facebook that uh, the a Big Finish Audio uh, spare parts is on sale right now for download for 99 p No, 99 cents, actually. 99 cents U.S. Um and I have just put the link for that in the text chat. But you can go to bigfinish.com uh, uh, slash releases slash B slash spare dash parts dash 200. I think there
3: uh, are just... also some uh, other Cyberman stories. It's part of a cell of multiple uh, Cyberman stories are doing in honor oh, okay. of the uh, 2 part are going on right now.
0: So yeah, um, check that out. See what else is on there. But uh, I know for sure that spare parts, which which really ties into uh, to uh, this week's and of course next week's episode. Uh, so uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, but yes, also uh, uh, on Hulu, I have to catch the premiere episode of uh, of the uh, reboot, bringing back of uh, of the Gong Show, which was interesting. I don't like it. I've never, I've never actually seen the original Gong show, so I cannot compare. But was it always played for laughs, like it is? Yes. Were the acts always that bad? Uh, Yes. Because the spoilers, but the uh, the act that won was uh, a married couple spinning bananas into each other's mouths. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was that was what won. And there was a much talented. At least they're married. More...
5: Hmm?
6: <laughs> at least they're married. That would have been wrong otherwise.
0: Yeah, but they also spat bananas at, 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 at the judges as well. And it it, it was kind of gross. I think I've gotten old <laughs> finding things like that. Before, when I was a 10, I probably went like, that's funny. But now I'm just like, ew. <laughs> that's
5: kind of gross.
8: Uh, I don't know. Did you catch it, oh. Well, while we wait to see if Darth comes on, um, the word gross has just uh, prompted a,
4: a nice segue for me because I just noticed some news on the BBC side. Uh, Wonder Woman continues to smash box office records. Uh, Wonder Woman is on track to break box office records by becoming the top grossing, they say, get it, live-action film from a movie from a female director. It's a, uh, generated more than... $620 million worldwide uh, since its launch 21 days ago uh, and is caused to outperform the $665.7 million made by Kung Fu Panda 2 also directed by a woman and some analysts predict Wonder Woman will also overtake Frozen made in, two, in 2013 by male and female directors it generated $1.28 billion in ticket sales and Ken was probably cheering when I said the word Wonder Woman.
1: Yay. Hey! She's spinning.
4: Don't throw banalis at Wonder Woman.
1: <laughs> Every Wonder Woman makes me cheer. When uh, it's a window.
4: Did you have any news for us, Ken? Because we didn't have a chance to ask you before um. we hit the record button.
1: No, uh, no news except for the reverberation effects of last night's Who. Which we will
4: go on to soon. Yes.
1: And just an interesting fact about Gaddis and Moffat doing Dracula, it's funny that the current... uh, Sherlock Holmes played Frankenstein on stage.
4: That's where the Frankenstein Dracula quip came from. Yeah, yeah,
1: he played Frankenstein and the gentleman who was in uh, the American uh, Sherlock Holmes
8: whose name escapes me right now. Oh, uh, Mike should know that. Mike. He was uh, keen on that. The uh,
4: The American version of... Uh, it wasn't called Sherlock, was it? It was called... Elementary. Um, elementary.
1: Yes, Elementary. They both played in tandem. One night he played Dr. Frankenstein, and Cumberbatch played the monster, and then they flipped it. And it was so strange that... Future Sherlocks, before they became Sherlock, were in this on the London stage.
3: Johnny Lee, Johnny Lee Miller.
4: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes,
1: thank you, Ma. And uh, that is just a bit of kind of interesting serendipity that, you know, they were Sherlock before they knew it, both of them. Uh, I thought that was a really kind of. Weird theater and culture news. Um, just realizing that, you know. and th- that's really uh, all I have. Nothing, nothing else um, comes to mind.
4: No, nope, uh, that's fine. We've 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 spent a good twenty minutes on that. Uh, do you want to hear from Andy? Ian? Certainly.
2: If you enjoy listening,
4: why not join the collective and participate
2: yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a VIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone find if you have TalkShoe Live installed. We're looking forward to hearing you.
0: All right, the lift has arrived to take us to this week's episode of Doctor Who. Uh, so if everybody could just uh, just squeeze in. Um, yeah, Dave, just, just suck, suck your gut in. And, uh, I think we can get going.
4: Uh, play the elevator music
0: or uh, play a clip from this week's episode.
4: I will indeed, but before I do, let me just uh, mention that the spoilers from now on. And since we have Dr. Gonzo so on audio, perhaps we can go with them uh, first. After the clip. Here we go. normally I wouldn't have played that opening clip because it's it, it, it's uh, all visual really, but it, it's the shortest uh, pre-credit roll clip uh, ever, I think. Uh, but very dramatic, and um, since we are talking spoilers, and we're all going to uh, what's going on in it. Uh, I've got a feeling with the snow coming down in that scene that that may actually take us all the way through two stories, part one and two, and that actually may be part of the Christmas special, uh, whenever that arrives. But, uh, Dr. Gonzo, do you want to, uh, go ahead? And I know Ken, you may not want to stay too long today. So we'll go to you second right like, after that. Thank
5: today. you.
6: Yeah, that, that was my thought altogether. I, you know, cause we know there's supposed to be a uh, Christmas episode and here we have, uh, a, a beginning regeneration scene, uh, before the credits roll. So that's, uh, but they always trick us with these regeneration scenes. But I, I think that's probably the one. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of forgot we were going to be dealing with a, uh, a, a Cyberman episode coming up, um, and and I watched this thing at the early hours of the morning here on my iPhone. So I, I do. I can't wait to watch it again in in a uh, in a better setting. But uh, definitely piqued my interest there.
4: You, you were aware it was a two-parter, though, at least going into it. I, I was
6: aware it was a two-parter. I was aware that we were going to be dealing with the Cybermen because of the, uh, the, 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 you know, all of the buzz prior. Uh, it just, uh, in, okay. in, in my, in my wee hours, it just—it took me by surprise that I had forgotten about it at five a.m. when I watched it.
4: Okay, let, let me. We'll stay with you. Let me play another clip because that clip really wasn't much to get your uh, memory boosted and going. And remember, we're not going to spoil anything about what we may know about the next episode coming up uh, if possible please but I'll play another clip and we'll, we'll certainly let you have more time to gather your thoughts hello
9: I'm Doctor Who and these are my pluckiest thing one and the other one You we picked up your distress call and here we are to help like awesome heroes
2: yeah, we're not we're not assistants, sir.
9: Okay, right. What so? What does he call you? Companions, pets,
5: snacks?
9: Oh, someone's watching. Well, quite a good beat, really, isn't it? Yeah,
2: maybe we should be moving on.
9: Yeah, and
4: he calls us friends.
9: Oh, doctor, but think of the age gap.
4: Stop mucking about. Concentrate. Now do do something non-irritating. On it, sir.
9: Time lords are friends with each other, dear. Everything
2: else is cradle-satching. Oh, it's a big one. Ship reaches 400 miles long and 100 miles wide. It's big, even for a colony ship. Anything else? Uh. Hmm? Look at that. Finally. so watching plants grow. It's heading towards a black hole. No.
9: No, it isn't. It was heading towards a black hole until somebody noticed. Now they're trying to reverse away from it. Engines are on reverse thrust, see? Hmm. Well,
4: huh?
2: it's succeeding.
4: Very, very slowly. Explains the
6: distress call, I guess.
4: Okay, does that give you a little bit more time to get yourself, uh, your thoughts together? Yeah,
6: yeah it's fine. I, I, didn't, I didn't forget what I saw this morning. I'd just forgotten it leading into it. Um, first thing I want to say is I, I really enjoyed Michelle Gomez, um in, in her role and, and I think her trying to pretend to be the doctor in this episode made me, made me enjoy her a little bit more. Um, definitely uh, interesting in the class of uh, actors who have played the master, um, but she definitely stands out on her own and, and has done her own thing. Um, whereas, uh, you know, it's not, it's not an impression of somebody doing the master. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, in this episode, I, I think the science uh, that they've dropped in here, between uh, you know, with this this 400 mile long ship with uh, time traveling in different speeds uh, or flowing at different speeds from one end to the ship to the other, is uh, is definitely pretty cool because uh, it's, it it flows with what we know and uh, you know, from for everything Moffat does, uh, and I, I know he's not not uh, universally loved uh from you know from everybody but uh he is he is a master with playing with time streams and i i think uh this episode is one of those one of those examples
4: yeah uh spe- spe- specific oh, i can't say it uh, um spe- no give up uh stretching as you enter the time uh as you get to near to a, um um, a black hole you in fact your head if even your head and your feet are different distances it should stretch you out like spaghetti but um yeah, yeah, spaghetti. Um, but, yeah but it was Spaghetti-fication.
6: Yeah, yeah that
4: that was the word i was trying to say yeah yeah <coughs> but uh, it,
6: uh, it, well it reminded me a little story. bit it reminded me a little bit of um of, of the episode with uh with amy and uh the girl who waited um uh, you know, with with uh, the, the I forget the name of the episode with the, with the planet that they're on where it's basically an infirmary where you get to watch people about live their lives in the slower screen. Um kind of oh, seemed yeah. that way with the uh, video monitors, but that that definitely was something I thought about watching that one this morning.
4: I thought you were gonna say utopia, that's why I was not jumping into what you were saying. But um yeah, I'm trying to think of what the episode was. Anybody in text chat can put it in. Um that's the one where they're viewing her uh, there were the different symbols on the door and she went through a different one and then we're looking yeah. through that um, yeah, like looked like a it was the two-string facility, window. I
6: remember, was the name of the place that they were, but I can't remember the name of the episode
4: right, right yeah, happens a lot to people on this show
6: oh, That's... it is the girl who waited
4: it is the girl who waited,
8: thank you thanks, Dara thanks, Dara and, and, and um, the, I mean,
4: I don't know how much you try and avoid spoilers before the event. I mean, uh, did you recognize a certain person under heavy makeup?
6: Under the makeup, no. Um, not, not, not at all. Uh, I, I mean, I, I had a feeling through through the show because uh, because I was expecting it that that okay, that's that's what's going on here, um, but. I, I didn't. I really didn't catch it under the makeup. Not at all.
4: And were you were you a fan of that uh, interpretation of the the master, the Johnson master? Or,
6: I, I, I mean, at at different times, um, I, I I liked him more uh, before he was a cannibal, if you could call him a cannibal. <laughs> uh, but uh, before before they, he was eating people, and uh, became, yeah. became uh,
4: Iron Man. Yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah. and When you could fly and eat people, that was uh, you know. It is what it is, but uh, that that wasn't my favorite interpretation. But yeah, I like Jonathan Sims. I like the insanity uh, that 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 he brought to the to the role. I, I, it's just that 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 specific um, use, I guess, is where I uh, you know had an issue.
4: Uh, and did you feel as though this was a scary episode? I mean, there was the quite I think for young people rather frightening that uh, you know when 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 the the patient is in absolute pain and crying out, well they're not crying out, they have to press the button to make the sound, pain, 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 and you think she's going to come over and relieve his pain, and what does she do? Just turn the volume down so they can't (laughs) hear it.
6: Watching it alone this morning, um, I usually watch with my kids uh, and and they range between uh, 7 and 10, well soon to be 11. Um, It's going to be interesting uh, when I when I get home next weekend, and and we'll give it a shot. But uh I, oh, so I definitely think so had, there's some creep factor there.
4: You didn't have to ring home and say, "Don't let them watch it." Till...
6: <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, they're they're not going to watch it without me, and you know it's right. not my wife's thing, so it works out.
4: Right, good, 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 good. Um, I mean, when we come back to you, was you any overall impressions. I mean, compared with, I mean, I don't know whether you felt last week was was. Perhaps a, a weaker episode, or not ever.
5: Uh,
4: and this, do you feel it's a good setup for a two-part story? Do you like two-part yeah. stories against uh, uh, standalone stuff?
6: Yeah, I like two-part stories. I like. I. I think it's a good setup. I think uh, if it follows through, it should make a good episode. Last week felt like filler, um, mm. you know. And and uh, I think uh, everybody had uh, said, and, and I agree, it, it felt like something that would have come sooner in the uh in in the rollout of the season um you know so it it uh, this close to the end that close to the end i mean that was that was episode 10 which in previous seasons that would have been the last episode uh you would have you would have expected a stronger episode for the end
4: uh well, well no they've had used they each have 13 of course they've, they've just dropped down yeah. to
6: 12 yeah the austerity budgets and everything yeah um yeah, yeah so i you know it was it was okay um, definitely, uh, I, I'd say the weakest episode of the season last week.
4: Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, do you want to speak anymore at this point? Or should we go on to a clip and hear Ken and, uh, and maybe if you can stay on, come back to you.
6: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hang out. I'd love to hear what Ken's got to say.
4: Okay. Right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll play another clip. Then we'll go to uh, Ken. I'll be right with you. Which of you is human?
9: me 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 I, I, I'm human I,
4: I'm the only one just just me please stop this stop right there now I'm sorry I'm so sorry but you're the reason that they're coming
2: put it down put that down now they won't come if she's dead you don't need to do this I can get her off the ship I can shield her lifestyles you know what I said this is a bad idea please listen to me look at me Go on, look at me. That's good. That's very, very good. Now, do you see this mad woman sitting in this chair? Her name isn't Doctor Who. My name is Doctor Who. It's not, is it? I like it. You don't know it yet, but in a short time, you will trust me with your life. And when I save you and everyone on your ship, one day you will look back wonder who I was, and why I did
4: uh, difficult to leave that part in at the end, but uh, everybody who saw it, obviously because uh, we're talking spoilers here, but no, that was the doctor absolutely at loss for words because reassuring that he will save the the chap that they've met and his trigger finger goes off and poor old Bill is um, apparently terminally ended, but maybe not. Uh, and on that little
1: yes, note, Um I'm still shaken from the episode. And funny enough, one lesson learned, don't trust the blue man group. Two, (laughs) this is the title of the next Bond film, World Enough in Time. And it gets me scared for it. Um, You have an episode which is going to um, get you all frightened because you see the doctor start to regenerate right off screaming no is he is he stopping it? is he not we're We're going to learn something later on, and then we have the mystery of this ship with with the black hole creating the time distortion, which is kind of amazing and Like out of Psycho, it's a big shock and a surprise. The doctor's tricks don't work. He always says, I'll help you. That usually works. This time, it doesn't. And I, my jaw was dropped for like the hour. It was like, you know, this is not supposed to happen. Please, please, God, don't let this happen. And it's like, there's no way. You can save her. Well, the only way to save her is the worst hell that there is. And we're getting the ultimate um, hell of the first Cybermen. We're seeing the beginnings of the Cybermen. That on, this, on this ship, we're seeing um, devastated people, um, different levels. And they're on the worst level. And it's like an an infirmary from hell. You know, everybody's just dragged in and made into these things, and you are feeling it. I don't think ever in the history of Doctor Who have we had so much of an emotional episode, how it affects our characters. Now, Danny's death as a Cyberman was emotional, but I thought... Oh, him and Clara should have been together. This this actually maybe is a bit, you know, pushing it into the story and maybe a little contrived. Did we have to have that? Did we have to have that sadness in there? This was like just shocking. You know, your best friend just announced he's getting married and he gets run over by a car. This is a grim reality that you travel with the doctor, it doesn't work out sometimes. And it's sad. And it's utterly brilliant uh, for it. I, I've never felt that way about an episode. Ever. And now, do, you think, now, now, uh, hmm? do you
4: think Stephen felt he could do this because he was leaving?
1: I think so. I, I think he. I think he threw just everything away. And, um, you know, decided to just, you know, go for the heavens on this. Go at all his writing talents, go at everything he loved about New and Classic Who. I mean, um, back to Missy. She is hilarious doing her Mary Poppins version of The Doctor prancing around. You know, I, I really loved her. And her 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 terrible cutting descriptions about her so-called companions, you know, about these are the disposables.
4: That I like I the one she called one uh, uh, the exposition, which, of course... Yeah,
1: is the yeah the, ex, yeah the exposition. Uh,
4: which is the job of the companion. Yeah, often, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. And, and he's eating crisps, uh, watching this on TV. And interestingly enough, you're, you're watching it, and it comes off like a black-and-white episode of Doctor Who from 1963. And whenever you really see it at first, everything on the screen is a episode of Doctor Who from 1963. That's the imagery... That's the feeling that's that's what you're getting, then it goes to color I thought that I thought that was wonderful, yeah and the the episode really uh, stands on Bill's horror trying to survive in this madness, and she has a help, helper helper uh medical practitioner, right out of uh, Oliver, you know, really reminded me of Fagin, you know, uh, very much. You know, that oh, matter. yes, Ron
4: Moody's.
1: Yeah, Ron yeah. Moody's Fagin.
4: Yeah.
1: And, you know, by the way, I was totally fooled. Well, I wanted to be fooled. I was giving, I was giving into the whole thing. You know, this place of body horror and there's this kind of humorous trap. You know, in a minute he's going to go, I've been doing the situation, you know. <laughs> and he's do, doing the whole bit. And I dearly love Ron Moody, the almost doctor. And i totally taken in by the character. And then it gets worse. The gigantic evil... Slash, I'll use the film analogy. Nurse Ratchet, nurse says we'll make y'all better, better love. And the the evil, the speckled doctor takes Bill away to make her better, to make her better all the way. And she's screaming, and they take her away. Well, we finally get all our parties uh joined together. But where's Bill? We get the doctor, we get Nardal, we get Missy, and we get Fagan, I'll call him together. And all of a sudden Missy changes from being the contemplative, I'm caring I want to be your friend, Missy, to some spark of, I knew this would happen all the time. And you've been here before to Fagin. And in Scooby-Doo fashion, Fagin removes his mask and looking like Roger Delgado a much classier, different aspect of John Sim is going well. I'm the master, and we do get Bill uh, where well, they do find her um, on the screen. They locate um, Bill.
4: Just give you a chance to get your breath back because you mentioned about the the. The nurse. And that. Let me just play that. It's only a short clip. Okay. A minute,
1: please. Pain.
2: Pain. 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 Pain.
9: matter with you. Pain. Making all that fuss.
2: Pain. Pain. See now. Pain. Pain. Pain.
5: Pain. Pain.
2: That's better, isn't it? Right then, Mr. Razor. Might as well do the rounds. Now I'm here. Rounds? Yes, it is. Rounds good, yes.
4: What's along, Mr. Razor? <laughs> anyway, Ken, any more? <laughs>
1: Mr. Razor, Mr. Razor. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Just hearing that uh, gives me the willies, and the music is perfect. You know, Again, um, almost homages to uh, Bernard Ehrman, a little bit of psycho music uh, going on in there. Just just, just paying playing to him all the homages and what Doctor Who uh really does best. Beautifully directed, the the suspense level is just is just pumped up. And they find Bill on the uh on on the uh view screen. And you hear a slight clunking in the shadows. And very slowly, a original Mundasian Cyberman walks in. We we have not seen this in like fifty years, and it looks brand new. As the doctor says, "You're brand new." Uh, where where's Bill? And it's going. Where's Bill? and that, that that horrible wonderful cyber voice where's bill and then he asks you know you know totally and we get the answer we don't want to hear as if not enough has happened as not enough tears are taken as not enough devastation has come from this from this episode he goes i'm bill
4: yeah, well it was quite a moment.
1: And and we're looking at this and it's the most hopelessness we've had in Doctor Who, one of the most brilliant episodes of Doctor Who, because something else has gotta give. It can't end like this. Not not with our heroes. Not did not tell with you,
5: the Did hmm? it take
4: you back to that I did my duty one, you know, the uh, the woman who got converted into a cyber woman and said, I yes. did my duty. Danny. Uh, no, the no the the woman. It was it. Not oh, oh no. Um, uh,
8: yes. Uh, um
1: uh, Torchwood. The the leader of Torchwood.
4: No, no, no. It's,
1: um, yes. The leader of Torchwood. I've done my duty for Queen and Country. Yeah.
4: Um,
7: was think, it? Uh, um,
1: the previous leader of Torchwood before, uh, before the Prime Minister took over. All
4: yeah, right, Canary right. Ward. All right, right, right. Okay. the hell was her name? <laughs> yeah, hopeless. Blind, leading the blind.
1: We very lovely, I must say. And um, she's done some Torchwood audios.
4: Anyway, um, so uh, First yeah, well, two part. What huh? do you? What, what, uh, are you worried about the second part without being spoilish? If you know anything, I'm, I'm not um,
1: worried. I'm not worried because even if it leads to this devastating uh, kind of resolution with Bill, uh, they're doing something they've really never done. Uh, have a have a um, companion's death that is just so striking um but I I, I'm really hoping it doesn't end like that there's got to be hope from hopelessness especially the precursor of that uh, initial scene but I give it five and a half TARDIS groans this was something if you say did I like it I'm not sure, but did I love it? Yes. You know what I mean. Yeah.
5: This, uh,
1: this is like, I'm, 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 I'm reading, uh, you know, Titus Andricus. You know, I'm, I, you know, this is devastating me and I take the brilliance of it, but it, it's not fun watching this happen to a good friend. And Bill has become a good friend. Very quickly, which is to the writer's grace, and thank you, Stephen Moffat. You have given us so much, and this is another road that I would never, in a million years, think I would see. Yeah.
4: Okay. Uh, Chatter Yvonne Hartman, the name that we were all searching for. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. But
1: but one, one last thing. Admit it all. It was still very funny. I still can't believe that was John Sim. I mean, that was great. They just, you know, maybe I'm naive, folk, but I, I, I just thought he was hilarious. Um, um, Michelle Gomez was a hoot. So even in this, you can balance. You know, a lot of humor in the greatest tragedy, and that's really artistic, and it's really amazing. But Thank five and much. a half charges, bro.
4: Brilliant. Okay. And um, um, now, Mike and Darth, want will get to you quickly. But I want—I need to go with Ian first because it's his clip that's coming up, and uh, probably Ian like me will be fairly brief since we will be on the commentary later. Uh, but. Um, uh, have you got your your bottoming gear, in? Because see it comes. Yeah, my partner. You'll be next. Yeah, here we go.
2: New heart. Good, is it?
4: Uh, I haven't had luck yet.
2: It's good. It's very good. Shiny. You can carry it off. Not everybody can. Uh, for some people, it all goes a bit, you know. What? Vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> Drink it while it is very hot. The pain will disguise the taste. Thanks.
9: How long have I been here?:
2: Oh, weeks. many weeks, maybe months. Of course. It's good. You get strong.: Yeah, I came here with
9: people, my friends.
2: Oh. They don't look so bad.
9: them, oh, That's my friends.:
2: I know. I make picture for you. You like?
9: Where are
2: they now? Are they okay? Well, they are fine. Look at them. Yeah, but are they okay now? That is now. It's right now. That is them. It's life. Yeah, but the, the picture is frozen. No.
9: Yeah, it is. They're not moving. Look at them.
2: They are at top of ship. Top of ship, very slow. We are at bottom. Bottom, much faster. Very fast bottom. (laughs)
4: <laughs> and segue to Ian.
2: All right, yes. Ah. <clears throat> um, I thought it was Crinkly like
4: Bottom. Oh, never
0: mind. <laughs> uh, like Ken, I'm in two minds about this. I, I hated it, but I loved it. I hated it for plenty of reasons. Uh, actually, I actually really hated the opening. Uh, I, the after the credits opening. Um, I uh, I don't know, Missy was a little top for me. I hated the whole Doctor Who bit. Um, That was just a little too self-referential and and her saying, what are you, companions, assistants? Uh, It was a little fourth wall breaking for me. Um, And of course, you know, the whole Doctor Who name thing, that was... I could have done without it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Loved the whole... I mean, I'm not of a scientific mind, but I loved the whole... Um really long ship in front of a black hole as a means to tell this whole story. Um, it was a great idea and well used, you know uh, It allowed us to see this elapse of time for um, for Bell while you know, the the actual story was just moving so you know, you know, only like two or three minutes had passed you know, or 10 minutes had passed up on the the control deck. Um, It was great, and the the TV was used to great effect. Um, You know, them kind of spending the time watching it, because it's very difficult sometimes to to play that off, the whole, you know, time moving faster in one place than the other. Um, And for you to kind of understand that, so seeing the relationship between Razor and Bill, you know, progress and then like just hanging out on the couch watching their favorite show um well it was it was really kind of cool. Uh, I really like that. I don't like the fact that Bill got shot. I don't like where this is headed because I love Bill. Um and I love the fact that they have finally created a uh, the right companion, a great companion to, to me. Um but then again is that not the point? Um, the point of Bill's creation is to make her um, ordinary and regular and normal and and not the most important thing in the universe because you associate better with that, and you you know like her that much more, you know I think you know we've been turned off previous companions because they've become so all important and. I mean I liked Clara at the beginning but you know as time went on and you know how important she became and the fact that she was so intermingled with the doctor's entire life it became kind of annoying it's like uh, yeah but Bill's the complete opposite you know she's just an ordinary person and that's what makes her so good in this um and what makes this episode so hard to watch um Love the development of, of the Cybermen in this, uh, and and the good thing is, is it actually makes you feel sorry for them. The whole pain bit, um, which I have a slight problem with, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but you know, you realize that, and and then when they talk about the the headpiece, it's like it makes you just not worry about it. You'll still be in pain, but it just makes you not worry about it. It just makes you feel sorry for them, uh, which is something that we're not used to. I mean, we're used to feeling sorry for individuals who have been turned into Cybermen, but, you know, this being their creation point, apparently, I'm not all up on my history of the Cybermen, so I'm not... ...creation or, yeah, you know, like we were talking about, spare parts is out there, and um, I'm sure
8: it, you know... um. But yeah, uh, yeah. The problem I have with the
0: whole pain bit is it's probably probably the first time I've actually heard the voice behind the Cybermen in the voice of the Cybermen. I've forgotten his name. Haha. <laughs> not know gonna tell me
2: either. What?
8: Oh. Nick Briggs?
0: Yeah. Nick Briggs. I actually can hear Nick Briggs in that. I think it's because of the repetitive nature of the of the line, you know, as like I can actually hear Nick Briggs, which I'm not used to hearing. Uh, so, yeah, it's good and bad, you know. But Wait, I sort it. of
3: have to do this as a big finish, and featuring Nick Briggs as the voice of the Cybermen. Dude. Big finish. <laughs>
0: well done. Um, so yeah, that's, that was kind of a bit of a problem for me. But that's only actually just after you were playing the the, the clip, Dave, I, I actually, you know, it's one of those things where you're not looking at what's going on on the screen, and you're kind of isolated
8: just listening to the audio. I'm like, I can hear Nick Briggs. So, it's good. bad bad. Um, I was totally portrayed.
0: Totally portrayed. Um, And Of course, only uh, New, New Who fans will have no idea what I just said. Uh... But, uh, yes, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, uh, the Doctor was trapped in a place called Castrafalva. And uh, one of the people helping him out to try and um, uh, help him with his you know, post-regeneration problems was uh, an old man called the Poor Treeve, And I remember back then being totally taken in and thinking, this Poor Treeve's a nice guy. And it was the master the whole time. It was Anthony Alien makeup and I had no idea. Um, and it was great. Um and that was the same here. Uh I knew the master was gonna be in the finale. And I don't know whether I was just concentrating on the fact that it was a Cyberman story or the fact that, you know, Bill gets shot in the first you know, first five minutes and you know, it takes your mind off of what you your preconceptions are going in and so I hadn't really given it much thought as to when the master came into this and there was a, a niggle as I was watching it. And it's one of those things where you wanna to go to IMDB or something and look up who's in the episode that week because something said to me, That guy's familiar. I wonder who that is, you know, what I wonder who that what that actor is. You know, what what have I seen him in before? I'm glad I didn't, um, because it wasn't until uh, Razor stepped around the corner when Missy was sitting at the console that I twigged, that the penny finally dropped. Okay. Um, and I'm like, oh, and it was fantastic. I actually had that, oh, moment. And I, you know, and that's good when that happens, when that, you know, when you can be fooled. Um uh, part of it is like, you're like, I can't believe I didn't r- realize that. But on the other hand, it's like, yes, I didn't realize that. Because, you know, um, my assumption was listening to the after show on, or watching the after show on YouTube, is that we weren't supposed to know. We were never supposed to know he was in this. Um, but because of the leak, it, you know, came out. And I think they, and they just embraced it and said, okay, fine everybody knows um because uh, they they did talk about when they were filming um uh, this the section out on the street where where Razor takes Bill out for a walk around and they said when they filmed that people were uh people didn't realize it was him people had no idea people were taking pictures of everything but uh John Sim in his disguise And it is a good disguise. It's well done. It is, I think, brilliantly done. And it's only on the second watch that I'm sitting there picking the performance apart and going, yeah, I see it now. The eyes, and, and there's some things that he says that you're like, yeah, that's Johnson. But Bravo, I was completely taken in and completely had forgotten about the Master showing up, and that was brilliant.
8: Um, it's, it's an interesting episode. Um,
0: I'm apprehensive because I've seen the next week's trailer, and I don't like how that looks in comparison. I'm not going to say anything about it because, you know, uh, for one, we're not playing that at the end this time, and, you know, it is kind of spoilerish and I don't like it I, I, I don't like how it looks um, but if you want to say spoiler free don't go looking for it um, but yeah you know, we'll see how it comes uh, the opening sequence is very very interesting the doctors regeneration starting him fighting it and he's in a snowy area which um, people have made some speculations on that uh, Tying into the Christmas episode, and there's some rumors around about that. But again, I'm not going to delve into that in case they end up right, and then everybody gets angry at me for being spoilery. But it is interesting. It's like, are we going to see the end of that before the Christmas episode, or is that part of the Christmas episode? You know, it's it's hard hard to tell because uh, on the Graham Norton show. Peter Capaldi said he had already filmed his regeneration sequence, which could be a reference to the fake one in the the uh, previous two-parter, but he could be referring to this. It's 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 difficult, you know. Who knows? But yeah, I'm I'm really in two minds about this episode because I don't want Bill to go. And that's the crux of it. I don't want her to go. Because they finally created a companion that I really, really like, and I really have, you know, uh, you know, a love for. You know, she's just a regular person. Before I finish, uh, just you know, get hop 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 up on my tiny kind of little soapbox here and say um, thank you to the Doctor Who production team for your little commentary on, um, on gender appreciated that. Um you know how time lords are not hung up on this whole ginger stereotyping and everything. Love that line. Love it. Um not really looking forward to having a female doctor, but if that's where the show goes, that's where the show goes. And I'll see what happens then. So um, Yeah, that's that's my review. I'll talk more of course during the commentary which we will record later tonight and have out on the feed somewhere in somewhere in the week. So anyway Play another clip, Dave.
4: Yeah, just on that last about gender, the the the, the trouble I have with it is that with saying these things three or four or five times, and then if if the next doctor isn't a female, there'll be a lot of people saying, "Oh, you chickened out. You were leading up to it and then chickened out." But I, like you, I, I, don't, right. I don't. I think I don't what Moffat do is
0: doing is he, um, he's kind of half giving people what they want. He is opening the show up for that possibility more so than they've been done before. I mean, yes, we've seen Time Lords change, you know, uh, change gender. Uh, But here he kind of, the doctor actually says, I don't know if I was, you know, know, what sex I was or what gender I was at the time. Um, So that's kind of really kind of opening up the discussion and saying it is possible. But the question is: Is does the doctor have any control?
4: Yeah. You know, well, I uh, mean, uh, we don't like talking politics here, but if you go back eight years, it's like: Do you get an American president, i.e., uh, a female American president, female mm. doctor? or Do you get a black president, black doctor? <laughs> and, you know. So I mean, where right. that, where you can go, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, thanks for waiting, Darth. I'm just going to go to. Mike, after this clip if uh, I can prevail upon you to wait a little longer Um, but thank you for doing that. We are trying to reverse the polarity of the narration or whatever the word is. Anyway, here's another clip.
9: So these lifts, where do we find them?
4: It's through there somewhere.
2: Oh, I like the hat! I'm going to ask for a hat when it's my turn. Your turn? No, actually. I'm afraid Miss Potts it's your turn Thank you for bringing her, Mister Mr. Reza. Ah, You see through my clever disguise. Stupid thing You did it Please tell me did it It's for your own good Make you strong, ready for the exodus I'm sorry about the deception It's best to get people in here without knowing why You don't want them screaming in the main part of the hospital Don't You think of me The student of yours won't last forever, you know you need the full upgrade. You're not going to turn me into one of these things. I'm rebuilding you to survive in a world not made for flesh. But look at them.
9: They're screaming in pain every second of our
2: But we've got something for that now. This won't stop you feeling pain. Oh. It won't stop you caring about us. It. it fits over your head.
4: Okay, thanks for staying there uh, with us, Mike. Uh, your thoughts.
3: So, what is the Doctor's name? That was that moment of the episode. That it, it—that's that's a huge moment of the episode there for me at least. Is Moffat playing with that part of the mythos, that part of the fan base, that part of the ongoing discussion? Is his name the Doctor? Is he? Is that just his title? Is his name Doctor Who? And that's something that goes back through the the history of the show. From what I remember, if, on the the very that first well first full story, first multi-episode story, the 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 hundred thousand B.C. the caveman episode, there was that there's a moment where Ian um, re- references that. Call the doctor Doctor Foreman, and then the doctor mutters, "Eh, Doctor Who? Who's what's he talking about?" And then later in the episode, Ian saying, "His name's not Foreman. Who is he? Doctor Who? Perhaps if we, if we could find out his who he is, we would have a clue to all this." And that's where it all begins. It's something that goes throughout the show, in both the show itself and expanded literature, the 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 the, the Doctor Who annuals, where he would be referenced back and forth between the doctor and doctor who there was no standard it would there there was no there was no it they just kept going back and forth like the, the, there's a 1965 and a, a story or whatever who is doctor who and there's this, and there's that famous moment from war machines where the machine asks for doctor who for uh, wotan asks for doctor who and another character even mentions him by the name Doctor Who. Of course, a lot of this goes back to David Whitaker with those early script writes and rewrites, where uh, he would where you would have the name Doctor Who written in the scripts, and you would have that written in the filming scripts as well, uh, the the camera logs. Uh, then you have just I mentioned that the annuals, and you had it's like the what was it here the prologue from Doctor Who and the Crusaders where where it says, that the prologue begins, as swiftly and as silently as a shadow, Doctor Who's space and time ship, TARDIS, appeared on a succession of planets, blah, blah, blah. So what is the Doctor's name? And then we have just the the Highlanders, Doctor Van Wer, Doctor from Who, and we have the, him signing that note in The Underwater Menace that says, a vital secret will die with me, Doctor W. <laughs> we have the moment from uh the demons the uh the demons where he's uh, where is it in the demons uh yeah, partly pretends his his the name he goes by is qui is que quo quad, Latin versions of who and but of course, his name is the doctor he goes by the doctor, that's his name, and then you have the end credits Doctor Who, all the way up to late tom Baker Peter Davison era, and it returned with Chris Eccleston and the end credits labeled Doctor Who. So it's it's just this playing with that part of the fan base and the doctor not ever confirming or denying and uh, even Peter Capaldi as a of course as a lifelong fan refers to the character as Doctor Who and I'm going to put a link into chat to this article that I have found from the Radio Times that I don't know if the if the uh whole thing will fit in the chat but there you go uh, where there's a there's a bit, bit of chat with Stephen Moffat where he's, where Moffat is talking about his thoughts on on what the Doctor's name is. as as far as he's concerned the Doctor his that, his name is not the Doctor we the Doctor is just a title he's come up with but as far as the show's history is concerned as far as what we see on screen of course his name is the Doctor but at this uh, or his name is the Doctor Who but at the same time it's not it's the Doctor uh, where that's just a title or maybe the Master maybe Missy was just winding up Bill so that was that was just a great moment in the episode there playing with that part of the mythos for so long um, but other than we had the episode itself. A lot of this episode was well it's 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 as a first part of the episode should be it's It's build up for the second part of the episode, and a lot of the action and excitement that i that it was that I was anticipating. For the two-parter, looks like it's going to be right there in the second part, which it looks to be an. I think the, I think the broadcast time for that one is very close to 60 minutes, runtime. So, I'm expecting a lot to happen next episode. Other things here and there. The whole thing with, uh, I'll just go ahead and say this: Montazian Cybermen should not stomp around metallically like the current series Cybermen. They should not ever do that. When I, I, was, I was hoping if any version of the Cybermen was going to walk around silently like they did in their original appearance, it would be the Mondas, Mondazian Cybermen. But from what we heard there at the end, no, they're just going to stomp around metallically like all the others, even Neil Gaiman in Nightmare and Silver. He wanted his versions to move around silently, stealthily. It was part of the suspense that he was building up. But then the BBC Sound Department decided, you know what, we've got to keep it got to keep everything continuous. We have got to keep everything the same all all across the board. They've got to they got to stomp around like they have a metal compressor stomping action. So that annoyed me. Just on a sort of a a long-term Cyberman, I don't know, whatever basis. Eh, whatever. But the the design was spot on. It was great seeing the evolution of of the of the Mondasian Cybermen design, it was not, nice seeing that build up that background to who, who and what they are, and it was done well. How we we saw the, them as patients, we saw how they were acting as an evolution, a rapid evolution to to cope with that environment, and how why all of that. Was necessary. Some really well done, well done moments with the, the pain and the kill me parts from those two those two people in the outpatient ward. That was really creepy and well done. But, um, yeah, that's that was that. Um, I've even forgotten where I was going with that. Other other things in this episode: the leak. Course, leading up the weeks or the few weeks leading up to the first episode, it was leaked. Some tabloid, I know the name of the tabloid, I'm not going to say it, not going to give them attention, but they did release the name. And once the BBC saw that info is out there, cat's out of the bag, might, might as well just release a quick blurb confirming it. I wish that hadn't happened because this episode would, would have worked so much better had I not known, had it not had that. Hit over the head with all these trailers that John Sim was going to return it, that would have been a great reveal. I knew the moment I saw that character where that was going because I could just sort of the head shape or whatever the the eyes or whatever I could kind of recognize those i i, I knew where that was going, so that was that um, uh that's i 've had several other thoughts here and there this is the first first as far as i know on doctor who this is the first time we've had more than one version of the master on an episode so it was briefly at the end of this episode and we'll see where it goes on next week's episode not stepping on any sort of spoilers there just i want to see where they go with that other other thing that i wanted to mention is this is steven moffat's last two parter this is his next to last story this is his last story at the end of at the end of a series he's wrapping up his last full series I, he set up all these huge possible character moments that I want him to follow through on and not retract, not back down from. Like he has this we, – we have this whole build up with with Bill being converted into a Cyberman. I want something major to be done with that. I don't want him to just back down and say, oh, okay, she's back to normal. I want some sort of permanent thing to happen there. And I don't want a reset button press. That's one of my big – is that a reset button is going to be pressed, and when it doesn't need to be. This is Moffitt's big finale here, so I'm looking forward to see where he goes with with this story, how he ends his final full series, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm actually looking forward to seeing how Moffat <sighs> resolves the series. It, it, I, I can actually say this, this. This 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 build up. The last time I've been this anxious to see. The end of a series has, well, has, is, is all the way back to 2008, nine years ago, with Stolen Earth Journey's End. That week of anticipation where we were left on the cliffhanger of the Doctor regenerating. Where is that going to go? Well, where is all this going to go? I want to see. And this, this is, it's going to be a tough, tough wait. Six more days or whatever. So that's my thoughts for now on World Enough what? and Time
4: and he said, I want to see. Oh, I never thought I'd hear those words. Wonderful, wonderful. I know. Um, uh, Yeah. Right, well, let, let's keep the positive going. I'm going to play on the clip. Thanks for waiting, Darth. We'll make sure we reverse the order next week as well. But uh, here's a clip, then we'll go to you. You're brand new. Fresh out of the factory. You're not ready for a fight yet. Well, it does look a little bit ready. Bill Potts. Do you know where she is? Where is Bill Potts? Dark. Ta-da.
2: You know me? You are Dark Talk. Am
9: I supposed to know what you're talking about? Would it help you focus if I extracted some of your vital organs and made a lovely soup?
2: You would never be so self destructive. So what? But then again, neither would I. Listen, we mean you no harm. We're just passing through. We're looking for Bill Potts, friend of mine. Bill Potts. Yes, Bill Potts. You're a Cyberman. You're part of a neural net. Can you find her? I love disguises. Do you still like disguises? Of course, they are rather necessary when you happen to be someone's former prime minister. Accessing... Bill Potts. Locating Bill Potts. I am Bill Potts. Hello, Missy. I'm the master. And I'm very worried about my future. Give us a kiss. Wow.
4: Well, what a great, uh,. Well, I think
0: it is. I want to make what? one point. Um, I just. <laughs> Do you know what they did? That red alert alarm. What? That's that's the master's. Isn't isn't that
3: the theme for the the? The knock four yeah, the... Son... Not the four. The four beats the sound of drums. The four beat the drums, yeah.
0: Isn't that that sped up?
3: It's a four beat rhythm. Uh-huh. Stand up, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's clever. Because we do hear it slow down at the end when Sim comes into into frame. But that the that alarm is, is yeah.
4: <laughs> That's why Missy likes it and dances to it at the beginning. The right, audio is definitely what... worth enjoying on its own, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Darth. Uh, yeah. Over to you, please.
7: No, it's fine. Um, two words for you. Ashley Rowe, uh, who is the cinematographer of this episode and indeed the most dominant cinematographer of the of any single season in the Moffat era. Uh, by next week, Ashley Rowe will have done seven of the 13 episodes that begin with The Return of Dr. Mysterio. And, man, just, just stunning work. This is the same cinematographer of... Um, the Monk three-parter earlier on, which we all enjoyed. Um, and in this episode, the work is, is just glorious. Uh, there are shadows. There are... Um...
8: In, in order to get
7: the TVs to be what appears to be 420 lines, uh, you know, which would have been the original starting resolution of Doctor Ooh. Who in the '60s, to show up in HD and to look that way—just that's thats all Ashley Rowe, and I—I um, I, I can't really praise that enough. Um, especially because it allows, as sort of we've touched on already, um, this episode to have glimmers of Tenth Planet in it, right? Um, uh, yeah. You know, that's very clever. Uh, I don't personally think that the starting of the episode in Snow is a reference to Christmas. It might be. I, I took it to be a reference to Tenth Planet.
4: Right. Um, Back on the Antarctic or something. The Arctic.
7: Yeah. Or, yeah. That's what I thought. Um, and another regeneration in that circumstance, you know. Um, interesting point about the initial regeneration scene was, if it actually turns out to be the real one, like the one that actually gives us the next doctor in this new cycle of regenerations, then it will be the first one in the modern era, in the 21st century, that happens um, while kneeling. You know, The first one that's not standing. Uh, I don't know if that's significant, but it is at least different. And also only the second regeneration that doesn't happen inside of a TARDIS if you include River Song's regeneration. I I suppose third, because her first regeneration and her second are both uh, not inside of TARDIS. So it's an interesting variation. Um, I I don't expect it to happen or to be fully resolved until the uh, Christmas episode, but we could be wrong. Uh, Who knows? But it's still an interesting and dramatic way to start things out. Um, The whole episode, of course, as Dr. Gonzo pointed out to begin with, um, is an exercise in Stephen Moffat doing his best asymmetrical writing. Uh, And because of that asymmetry, you don't know what the hell is going on, so therefore you're constantly riveted to the screen. And in this case, the best really is at the end, which is – not always the case with Stephen Moffat. Sometimes he just misdirects until he gets to a point with 10 minutes left where he can't, you know, top his misdirection. And so you end up with a sort of mundane answer to the question like, Oh, love will save the day. Um, and I, you know, (laughs) I don't think this is a case where love is going to save the day, uh, which is great. (laughs) Um, I I really hope that the question gets answered why it is that Missy in particular is so enamored of the Cybermen, you know, because this is now the second time that a season has been concluded with Missy where Cybermen are involved. Why does she find them so useful and interesting? I don't know. Um, but I get the feeling that indeed she knew she had been here before. And it's not just, I don't think that the John Sim Master was here before, and therefore she's having a memory of another body. But I think she has been here before. That could be wrong. But it seemed as though as soon as she sort of, you know, put things together, she was like, oh, yeah, this is my plan. And her whole attitude does sort of shift in the last scene. Um, but, yeah, what a, in, in terms of the Master now, you know, you'd have to say the master is a dominant feature of this season, unlike last season where it seemed like she was going to be a dominant feature to begin with, but then never came back. Um, it, that this feels much more like season eight, where she's sort of been interwoven throughout several different episodes, but maybe in a more significant way this time. Um, I, I'm not sure if we're really going to get resolution to all parts of why Missy is in this season, I kind of feel like the vault thing is done and I'm not sure if we'll ever figure out why the doctor felt like he had to uh, be her gatekeeper, essentially. Uh, That might be the case, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of narrative room left to devote to that. Unless maybe that's, you know, a part of the Christmas special, in which case there is a little more running room. Um, but I, you know, I, I will disagree with Ian, and really more agree um, with Reynolds Thor in saying she's got to stay dead. <laughs> she's got to. I mean, I, I don't want hand waving. To how do you how do you unconvert a Cyberman? Uh, is how do you how do you reverse having your entire middle section blown apart?
4: Well, Nardole's you, just was, a head on a robotic body, isn't he?
7: But the thing is that he's never been fully explained. about That's really. true. Yeah, no. Even when I even he when he shows up, even when he shows up in in that Christmas special, we don't know what his starting position is. Especially now that he's saying, "Oh, I should have had blue before," or you know, "I should go back to being blue." Oh. Well, he's never he's never been blue to our knowledge, so
8: mm.
7: you know. Who knows what's up with that dude? But in terms of human anatomy, how can you blow out the middle bit and hope to, to come back for that? But more than that, how can you hope to come back from being cyber-converted? And, and just he just one to clarify.
0: Other... Sure. Yeah, just to clarify, I really love Bill and don't want Bill to die. But story-wise, mm-hmm. I do, if you get my oh,
7: yeah, okay. I, I was saying, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because it's such a cop-out. It would be such a cop-out if she didn't. But right. character-wise, I, I I love Bill, and but that's what makes it good, because you latch onto a character like that, and it it makes it all more heartbreaking, and kind of like they did with Donna, yeah. You know? That was heartbreaking what they did, and it's like as much as I didn't want it to happen, and I wanted it to stay, it's so much better story-wise and enjoyable TV when it goes that way. So you know.
7: Yeah, and I mean, you got to think percentage chance of it happening seems very high because there's really no Moffat companion that can't be said to have died in some way or to have had their their death point probably altered from what it would have been had they not met the doctor, you know? Hmm. Um, which is interesting because that's, that's not, that's definitely not the philosophy of RTD. You know, he was like, there's absolutely no way we can kill off Rose or any, you know, he's on record as saying, can't kill a companion. But yet, Moffat has really kind of done that a lot, Um, which is great. You know, it makes for interesting storytelling. Now, it's it's not, if he does it this way, I think it'll be the most direct way of killing off a companion. Uh, But what's great about this, too, is it's not just that we're going back to the imagery and the trappings of the 60s, but really to the idea of the Cybermen that Jerry Davis and Kit Peddler had originally. But I don't think anybody's really been able to completely realize, even them, which is it's a horrible thing to be converted like this. I mean, it's all body horror, right? It's all, this is uh technology, medical technology run amok, right? This is unethical uh, body part switching. And this was a genuinely creepy cyber episode, right? In, in which they didn't feel like robots, in which they felt quite, you know, human. Um, and, and that's an extraordinary thing. I honestly never thought I'd see an, a Cyberman episode that really got what the original remit of these... People was um, and and to be able to actually deliver it, just extraordinary stuff. And you know the callbacks to different films. You know, I, I suppose you could uh, uh, find that nurse to be Nurse Ratchet. You could sort of say one flew over the cuckoo's nest, therefore. Or you know, just the the initial thing that I thought when I was watching it between her and Razor. Was that there was some kind of homage to Underwater Menace going on? Not Underwater Menace, what am I saying? Uh, Fury from the Deep. Um, of Quill and the other guy's name. It's the two really creepy dudes. And therefore, you know, sort of a, an homage to something, even though Fury from the Deep was not written um, by Robert Holmes, it's still a Holmesian notion, the double act thing. You know, having two um basically enemies who are strange and they are an odd couple in and of themselves, and yet they're a little bit creepy because they are connected in some way, and I kind of got that vibe and I gotta tell you that's what my mind went to. I really didn't think, oh, this is John Sim or anything like that uh and i I honestly didn't. Believe that it was John Sim, which is a tribute to his acting. Um, I, I had to go to the credits and look at it and say, well, there's nobody credited here for Razor. Was he really doing that whole thing? Uh, uh, Mr. Quiller,
4: Mr. Oak, was it?
7: Oak, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other one. Um, but I, I, was, I was amazed that it was actually all John Sim. And you can see it more, I think, once you know that it is him and then you're kind of looking more. But at first I just thought okay this is some character actor I just am not familiar with but I should be familiar with
5: but it never it
7: never it never occurred to me that it was Johnson at all
4: The the way um. I spotted him was when when I, actually strangely he was out of focus when he was in the scene when he was out of focus because when he was out of focus that nullified the makeup he had on And I just got a general impression, as somebody else said, uh, of the shape and size of his head. And there was the odd word, I think Ian said it as well, the odd word where he's got like a a Jewish accent on most of it, but some of the words, a bit like an English person trying to talk like an American, just odd words you don't get right. And there were some words that weren't coming out with that Jewish accent. And John Sim was coming in. But it But um, again, if we hadn't have known Johnson was coming back, I don't think many people would have guessed. I don't think I would either.
7: Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't don't think I guessed at all, even knowing that he was coming back at all. I mean, it just didn't occur to me that that would be the vessel through which he came, and I'm glad it was, because, you know, it's sort of classic master stuff. Um, And uh, it, it's an interesting thing having this double master story so close on the heels of the big Finnish uh, double master story, literally called The Two Masters. Um, you get the seal of, well, I mean, we haven't fully had them interacting as I imagine we'll have more of next week. But, but even in the brief interaction you know, that happened this week, you still get a, a template, I suppose, on how they're going to uh Uh, what the interplay is going to be like between them. And it's very different than the interplay between the two audio masters. Uh, So it's interesting seeing this played out. Now, as for the larger implications of this thing, you know, in terms of cyber history as it's gone down, uh, you know, I don't know that we should worry about that kind of, uh, because there are the contradictions that exist within the literature and the audios and the... (laughs) comics Um, but the one thing that seems clear is there's a general notion that the doctor is responsible for creating the Cybermen that that's it's done differently in different sources but um, you know and, and which doctor is involved is different like in comics it's the sixth doctor in spare parts the audio it's the fifth doctor now here we have, you know, the 12th Doctor by virtue of Phil Potts being the first, you know, fully converted Cyberman or whatever. Um, so a lot of contradictions there if you want to read it literally, but if you want to just go with the general sense of the thing, the notion still basically holds that you don't get Cybermen unless you have the doctor involved. And it's and it's always the doctor innocently being a part of things that don't seem at all related. To the creation of the Cybermen, and before he knows it, too late, he's already created the Cybermen, and that's kind of what we got here, which is, you know, in spirit, kind of a cool thing, kind of like how uh, Dalek from season one is a an adaptation, but not an exact one, of Jubilee, an audio story. Um, So it's kind of it's kind of good to see another thing in there. I mean, people who really want to chronicle these things will be. Made crazy, I think, but it's not like I mean, even on TV, Attack of the Cybermen already invalidated parts of, uh, I guess, 10 Planet, or maybe Tomb, one of the two. You can't you can't reconcile even all TV stories having to do with the origin of the Cybermen. So what do you got to do? Dave, I cut you off.
4: No, 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 no. I was, uh, I was, I was acknowledging the point you were making. That's all.
7: No, yeah, yeah, no. So I, I mean. This is an incredible episode. Uh, I, it's weird because, you know, one of the things that is great about it is all of these subtle and not direct Easter eggs, I suppose, um, that put this thing, you know, sort of, that make it feel like something from the 60s or maybe early 70s. Um, and that's, You know, as a a Doctor Who fan with a knowledge of that part of Doctor Who, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, On the other hand, a part of me is always wanting the Doctor Who mythos to expand rather than to repeat. Um, But Stephen Moffat, I mean, this is whatever, this is his deal. You know, this is his swan song, effectively, and... He, is, he has shown us that unlike RTD, he really can't resist the backstory. Um, RTD had much better control over himself than Moffat ever had. And you know, I think RTD was always trying to expand rather than contract, using more of the form of past Doctor Who than the substance of it, whereas, you know... Uh, Moffat has really been much more literal about it or much more strongly metaphorical so that you kind of can't escape it. Uh, and I don't I don't know, a part of me would wish that this wouldn't be the origin of the Cybermen because, honestly, Moffat's a little bit late to that party. Uh, and also, I think that the elements that he's using, while it's clever that they put things into the past, uh, and make us mindful of Tenth Planet and other things like that, uh, I think it's a little... Mm, one would wish that the Cybermen weren't even in it at all, kind of, or at least I would, um, that you could kind of tell the clever bits of the story, you know, the uh, how the theory of relativity is being used to literal effect uh, because of the size of the ship and proximity to the black hole. That's very cool. You know, that's a novel sort of thing to throw in. Um, That it then has to do with Mondas and the Cybermen. That's a little less cool, I think. But, you know, next week might make it okay. Um, Nevertheless, that's just a nitpick thing that I've always been disappointed in, in the Moffat areas. I always wanted him to be the the creator of, of original things, and to stay the hell away from, uh, you know, bringing back things from the past. Um, but that's just not who he is. I mean, he does create things originally. He does give us Weeping Angel and Silence and some other things that are uh, novel. But he has—he just can't stay away from trying to wrap things up. Even—even even this thing of bringing back Sim, though it is cool is a part of Moffat's obsession. I mean, almost to the detriment of storytelling, of trying to wrap up all these little nerdy elements. You know, it's fine to just start with Missy. Never explain what happened to John Sim. I mean, it'll be cool. I imagine we are actually going to find out that story. Otherwise, why bring back John Um, And, you know, I'll probably be happy with it next week. But at the same time, is it a story that needed to be told? I'm not sure. I really don't know. Um, and I, I, I'm you know, leaning towards no. It is not a story that I needed to have been told. Um, but...
4: It was for the worst genesis of the Cybermen, wasn't it? Well, that was of. Then but again, that was, yeah, I think, but that's an I Easter egg it, too. That's what I mean. I think he starts with neat phrases like that. I think... I think he starts with, uh, you know, um, a gotcha yeah. line, or what the word is, and then he figures <laughs> how he can get there. And the right, one he even, wants was without Genesis of the the Daleks. He wants Genesis of the Cybermen. It, so it,
7: exactly, that's my point: is that it's only clever if you're a Doctor Who fan. Right. Like to to a non Doctor to a new Doctor Who fan. And it's not it's not even clever to Doctor Who fans. It's to those Doctor Who fans that know about. This forty-year-old story, right? Um, and that's like I don't know. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I do respond to it at a certain level because I can make the reference. I get the pun, you know.
4: Right. But it's
7: you know, if we think about what RT, what what he was like during the RTD era, did he ever write a story that was based at all on anything from the past? No. You know, he was always, he was endlessly inventive, right? Every time he came up, you knew that you were going to absolutely get something you had never seen before, and he was going to warp your mind, and you were going to come out the other end of it thinking, not only was that a great story, but it was a funny one. And, you know, this is a funny story, and this is in many ways a great story, but at the same time, this shows the excesses that he sometimes goes into now that is head writer, in which he just over layers the cake with the just stuff from the past. That while it is cool to see it worked in to the batter, it's also a cake that is needlessly rich. You know, and this
4: was one of his simpler series. I mean, with quite a mm-hmm. few of us have commented on this particular series as being watered down in complexity terms.
7: Absolutely, but I mean in terms of.
4: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and there's also been the clamoring, hasn't there? I mean, a lot of fans were, you know, when are we going to have the Silurians back? When are we going to have uh, the Macra? You know, when are we going to have... I mean, the fans have been pushing as well.
7: Whether they nice needed,
4: I don't know. But, they're all I, but I mean, you
7: know, did he need Did he need to act, literally drop in the words Venusian Aikido? Did we right. need to have that? I don't know that we did. I mean, but not to say that when he did it, it wasn't with art and style and with a great deal of humor. You know the whole thing about needing to have additional arms and that he didn't did in fact have additional arms that they were invisible, you know all that's funny, all that makes you laugh in the moment um but it 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 isn't it, it's a great story that has some level of imbalance to it because the original elements, such as you know the whole of that introductory thing with Missy, which was fantastic um being great, but dropping in things that are even like are self-referential, self-referential yes. to fandom, like yeah. the the chip thing. You know where the chip thing comes from, right? Yes, from chip, uh, from Big Finish the, from the Big Finish oh. podcast,
4: oh, where
7: okay. Nick, Nick, you know, they used to record the Big Finish podcast during their lunch hour, and because it was during their lunch hour, I forget how many years ago this was, five maybe. Um, because it was during their lunch hour, they were sitting there eating their sandwiches and Chris, and then they got in letters saying, "Why are you eating chips on the air? It's very distracting." And they had to oh. do this form. They had to do this formal retraction. Uh, so I'm sure that that is a nod. It's got to be, especially because you know Nick Briggs, Cyberman, blah blah blah. Um, well, when you I, said I'm,
4: chips, I was I was thinking about the them cooking the
7: chips in the. The canteen part, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah, Chris. I mean Chris? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's—I that's t- I can't imagine that that line isn't anything but a Nick Briggs reference in the real world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's funny. You know, I get it. It's totally funny, and you know, it, it's a little nod to saying, "Hey." Nick Briggs, thanks for all the work that you've done in audio while I've been slaving away over. You know, as one showrunner to another showrunner, I get it. You know, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, but again, it's just this thing that he has that, it, as we are at the end of his run, you know, I think you can assess now, he was very different when he wasn't the showrunner than as he's uh, yeah. become as the showrunner. And it's and this is, I think, a, an episode that really shows that, that shows, okay, all oh, this is funny all this is good, uh, this is creepy as hell, this has got me interested from the get-go, it keeps me interested all the way to the end, but then when you sit and think about it, you're like, well, there's a lot in here that is not terribly original, that is trying to, um, you know, over-egg the pudding or whatever in favor it's of the fan. It's a you cappuccino,
4: know? not a coffee.
7: Kind of. Um, but, that, you know, that, that, that really doesn't stop me from saying because I am one of those fans, I'll still give this thing a 10 out of 10, (laughs) you know, but, uh, I just, I just want Dr. Hughes to not be as self-referential as it is under him. I want it to be new again, and fresh. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I need build or die. I mean, I just do, I, I need, I need new, totally new vistas. Let's not be hanging on to stuff. I mean, he's, Bill has done a great service for the Moffat era and indeed for the Capaldi era, I think, by reinvigorating Capaldi at the end. Um, But, you know, it's a a great show that has... that that shows both what's so great about the Moffat era and a little bit of what is, to me, problematic with the era. So... Uh-huh. emblematic Stephen Moffat.
4: Yeah, well, I think, I think uh, thanks for all that. that was, I enjoyed mm-hmm. listening to that. As well, oh, well, everybody else as well. But um, yeah, I've got a very, very short clip now. now. I'll just make a few points because we're heading towards the trial hour mark and I'll have to poke Ian because he'll be falling asleep in a minute. But um, I'll just play a clip uh, and then just have a few words. And then Ian, uh, if anybody wants to put any ratings in um, I've got some things to read out of um, the um, Colton page if you any ratings people in the text chat please They'll talk to me what have they done to you Operation Exodus whatever that is ah
9: uh, wrong name for a start I Wait.
2: waited
9: this is not an exodus is it more of a beginning really isn't
2: it I uh, In fact, do you know what I'd call it?
4: listen to these as audio adventures guys uh, as long as you've actually seen and you've got a visual thing uh, a few things um, I like this and I think although Jeff isn't an audio uh, Jeff Seventh doctor here I, I think I can speak for him in some small manner uh, the fact that this this had seemingly pseudo it I'm not saying it was real science I mean we tried to say the word spe- specification before been, I can't do it um, the point is of course you wouldn't need to have a ship four miles long to have uh, this change but it was really good uh, because we had uh, literally generations going by, and and this um, re- Mr. Razor the the master it worked of course because it, he could live those years uh, down there at that level. I do feel as though uh, when he said that Bill had been there for years maybe months they should have had some way of Reflecting that that more time that Bill had uh, had, had passed, maybe visually in a look, I mean, um, but it was certainly excellent the way. I mean, they were at um, they were at uh, what level ten thousand and something, uh, and I did like the fact that you know when when she was looking on the, the the monitor screen, it looked as though nothing was happening. Now all the way along through this series, uh, and I've been telling people I've been rewatching Star Trek. Uh, I'm rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation now, but I was most of the time watching uh, Star Trek Voyager. And, and this again reminded me of another one, uh, which was... Um, uh, I thought I had the episode linked up here a I minute. Mean, it was... Uh, uh, the one where they're hovering over a planet, and um, this planet um, uh, is um, growing and changing... Um, through generations they come to this planet and there's no industry and then as they hover over it uh, the people on the planet see the the the, uh, the spaceship as um something that's um basically they're trying to reach out for um series six was it blink of an eye i think it was blink of an eye uh, yes, yeah
0: blink of an eye uh, an uh, awesome episode
4: yeah, and so that reminded me of that. Also reminded me, of course, in Doctor Who terms of utopia, uh, where, of course, um, we see what will be the eventual regeneration of the John Sim Master um, uh, when he comes to the end of his regeneration. So that was in a, another uh, massively large ship right at the end of the universe. So that gives a, a rather symmetry. Um, something I, I'm very... Be very careful what I say now in relation to one of the things that Darth was saying about how the the master and Missy's got this thing uh, about Cybermen, and of course, who can forget uh, the story where 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 Missy uh, had her um, was it a virtual afterlife, and those those were being saved to build Cybermen. Um, but I don't want to say anything more about that because I can. See a possible way forward in the next series, in the next story, and I don't want to pursue that thought in my mind. Uh, I, I too, uh, think Bill has been a, an absolutely wonderful companion, and um, I'm sure she will have known that she, it was a one series deal. Uh, and in a way, it is a, a, a very tragic end. Uh, that uh, I mean, that's not unusual with everything from Adric. And we've had other ones where they've they've met a sticky end. I don't feel as though somebody. I think somebody mentioned was it um, that um, you know the doctor should have protected them better. I think it was Jim and Kathleen uh, uh, put in there. But in a way, it it was a, a trigger reaction that uh, chap the blue chap um, uh, had held off, and the doctor had got his attention and the imminent danger in firing. ...seemed to have been uh, eased down... ...he was talking him down... ...and he was taking care of it... ...but the sudden opening of the door... ...and his finger twitched... and ...because it was already pointing at Bill... Uh, ...that happened... Um, ...so... Um, hey, ...by the way I saw another... Uh, uh, ...Star Trek episode... ...where... Um, ...the captain and Geordie come back... ...to the uh, Enterprise... ...and it's frozen uh with a klingon uh, not a klingon ship another ship both firing at one another or apparently firing at one another and it was an exchange of energy that was going on and everybody was frozen on the ship and um there was one where Beverly Crusher was just about to be shot uh with a phaser or a disruptor um and um when they restarted time again um they had to try and get her out of this danger so they must be all Star Trek fans. Um, what else do I want to say? Uh, yeah, the blue man, that, that was the only thing that annoyed me slightly. They'd been at pains to say the last time that there was a blue man. If you remember, um, they, they did that turnabout here that you've liked where they made Bill, the narrow-minded one, when she referenced the, the Blue Man and it turned out that he was, he was an Earth Man, the Blue Man, in that right. story. Uh, he was saying that, you know, do you have something against aliens? Where well, right. of course, this Blue Man, we assume, was from Mondas. He was one of the um, the crew that was taking the ship uh, to the colonists hadn't come on it. And, of course, going back to Smile, second episode of the series, we had a colony ship that uh, the Doctor appeared to think Hadn't got the colonists on board, but of course that one had. Now, um, I, I did like the story. My, I gave a one-word review to Ian. Uh, uh, fantastic. Um, um, but, excellent. Um, excellent. In a cyber voice, yeah. Excellent. But um, I had to do that because I knew that if he knew that Bill was going to get uh, uh, deceased... It, it, it would have really upset him if I'd let that slip out of the bag. So I had to refrain from that. So I'll talk more on the commentary, um, but I thought it was a really great part. Knowing Stephen Moffitt it's going to start in a completely different place. And maybe, uh, like Darth says, that's not going to be snow from the Christmas episode of the Doctor apparently holding back a regeneration. At first when I thought, it, I talked to him, I thought, He said, well, do you think they'll get Bill back? And I said, well, the only way I can think they can get Bill back is if the doctor gives her one of his hearts and that brings on his regeneration because he's had to give one of his hearts. But then I thought, well, actually, a Gallifreyan heart wouldn't be compatible with a human. So I don't think that's the way they're going to do it. Uh, I can't see how uh, that will work. So um, are we getting any ratings coming in? Because... While we wait to see if any ratings are coming in, awful lot was said on now. Um, we have a, a pinned uh, thread on the, on the Cult and Collective page on Facebook. Uh, pinned because you don't see the comments unless you click on it. Uh, quite a few there. Um, let me have a look. Uh, Jeff, uh, the Cybermen and Bloody Horror. The way they should have been done from the start. What an absolutely tremendous episode. Uh, Mark Goodacre, our uh, resident alien, pretty excellent episode, all the criticism, I wish I hadn't known that John Sim was coming back, there's no way I would have recognised him if it hadn't been for that, but knowing he was coming back, uh, and there was this character doing a kind of amateur dramatics, foreign accent, prosthetics and hair, of course one is eventually going to wig who it was, nevertheless a pretty great episode, and I'd put, uh, yeah, Ron Moody's Fagan, and uh, Mark had agreed with that, as I think Ken also thought that. Um, what else? Colin Hicks. I spent half the episode thinking he was that actor. I must look up the credits, but did not twig until he met Missy. Even then, I still may have been, uh, it may have been a different person for a while. He was that good. Um, uh, and a few more comments there. So, I haven't read them out because they're all nested. There. Oh, Craig, um, probably the finest thing I've watched in Doctor Who. After the last few weeks, I was not looking forward to this. But the difference in the writing, the drama, the suspense was like night and day. And it gets a massive five out of five from me. Uh, an episode I'm happy to watch over and over again. Um, so some really great comments there. I think Jim and Kathleen, uh, Jim, um, oh, Uh, It was great if you don't overthink it. As much invested as I was in the uh, Tom Baker years as a kid, and remembering the disgust on his face at having to make a deal uh, deal work with him to stop the universe tearing apart, I just don't believe this. Sorry, I'm not reading this very well. Uh, And then I remembered Winifred's speech, and then don't you dare, sir, don't you dare put him before them. Um, now I'm in their mind that they're both monsters and the Doctor is as much responsible for what happened to Bill as much as anyone and that has been said before here even if Moffitt reset button restores her in the end and I don't think we will have any reason to like or admire the Doctor or his values anymore so he's thinking that the Doctor has let down the companion here uh, on the bright side the of Cybermen were wonderfully realised uh, down to the voices that was my favourite part. And Rebecca's put in, it was a awesome Missy and Mr. Saxon together. Excellent. Thoroughly enjoyable. And that's me done, Ian. I've got that little play-out theme at the end. Okay. But I've got both the ends to play anyway.
0: All right. Uh, before I go on to, to the text comments uh, and ratings, does anybody else on audio have any, any additional comments I want to make based on what you've heard?
6: Yeah, I'll say five out of five. Um, uh, to, to my mind, uh, hoping that the uh, the second part of this keeps up. Um, interesting to know to see if Missy is uh, uh, having that face to say, "Look at what's going on here," or if she's like, "I am the master and this is my plan." Um, I, I I just uh, I'm really looking forward to to seeing how this resolves. Uh, then the the Cybermen. Um, the Mondasian Cybermen uh, not having a companion to ask who, what's Mondas? Uh, how many, how many viewers were sitting at home last night saying, what, what's this Mondas? What are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of thrilled. Uh, I know, I know Moffitt's playing to the fan and I guess I fell for it. Uh, it's, it, it's, I guess it's towards me and, and, uh, you know, people like us that said, uh, Looking at you know the is is he is the doctor going to save is the doctor going to save Bill and I think this is a situation where Moffat's going to Moffat us by not being Moffat and not saving the companion and I, I think it's terribly brilliant um, it's 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 a horror show and, and we're going to watch it and, and cry and, and love it I hope so uh, thank you uh, for for this season you guys have uh, done a really good job here and I've enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to find the time, you know. <laughs> it took being away from the family to, you know, to be able to find the time, but we're glad you were able to come on. And hopefully maybe you can make it back next weekend for the uh for the finale.
1: I have a couple uh comments on it. it okay, please. Really would have been nice had we not known anything about John and Sim. Mm-hmm. That's the BBC's problem and fault. And had we gone in clean slate, that would have been really mind blowing. You know we had to put it to the back of the back of the burner, so to speak and as for um Bill's fate, well, if she isn't saved, then all the times we've seen a cyberman uh against its nature or there's some humanity there, we can say it all started with Bill. but that's why. but you know it's it's you know it's gonna be that this was a fake out or isn't really Bill or something that might be the way to go or it's gonna be oh my God. You know, it is what it is. And that terrifying purity of it. There's never been something like it before and who. And we'll just have to see. Five out of five for me, definitely.
0: Righty. Thank you, sir. That was the point I was gonna make, but I've completely forgotten what it was. Oh well, it'll come to me later, I'm sure. Um <clears throat> okay, to the text chat. <clears throat> Not one moment to lose. All right. Uh, Jim and Kathleen also said, uh, 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 the writing two out of five, uh, rest of it, especially for the realization of the Mondesian Cybermen, five out of five. And uh, then Jeff says, I was fooled with Razor right up to the scene where he and Missy were together. Um and also, Dave, uh, it was Romulans in that frozen bit with uh, the uh, in next generation, and it was Troy, uh, Troy and Data were there with Picard. Ah, and right, but
4: cool it was still
8: reminiscent of it. Yeah, reminiscent of it. Thank you. And there's discussions going on, so it's <laughs> oh. going through, seeing if I can find ratings. Uh, Uh, yes, Jeff Jeff goes at uh, 4.9 out of five. Ah. Only extremists was better for the series. That's it for ratings. Yes. Looks like There's an awful on. Oh, I can't drag- I expect drag- you to
4: ring it all out. There's tons of it, tons of it. Yes, but yes. Uh, some good comments and yes. uh, chat People who want to check it out later go to chatgrabber.com. Put in call ID 54821 and look for episode, uh, what episode are we on? Uh, Episode 328, and you can read all the stuff that's been put in text and and some of the links that have been provided, like the one that Mike uh, put in as a link earlier. Yep. All
0: right, but that that indeed wraps it up for us. Um, Yeah, join us, of course, next week for the finale. Um, And that means we'll be done with Doctor Who for a little while until Christmas.
4: Well, um, we might. Do do, do you think we might have a series wrap-up one afterwards? We might. Amazing. We 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 might. might. We may do that. May have a
0: nice series
2: review.
4: Hmm.
0: That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah.
4: Yep. 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 Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. That would put us. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. (laughs)
4: Seamless planning. Seamless (laughs) planning. planning. You didn't hear that. Seamless. Alright, well, uh, so that means
0: it's 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 time for us to close out the show and uh, I want to thank you guys all for coming, those of you who came on audio, those of you who are sitting in the text chat, uh, there's no show without you guys showing up, because otherwise it's just me and Dave talking and that, you know, how that goes. Yeah. Especially the Dave part. Yeah. It does go on. <laughs> yeah. all right, Alright. Uh, we'll see you all next week and uh, yeah. Until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. It's
4: goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. And there's no next time uh, trailer clips, so bye-bye. All right, I'm just going to play uh, some live, well, recorded oh, yeah. live music you from music. that event. you got some music. Yeah. In. Yeah, I'll stop it fairly abruptly for our outro, but here we go. All right. can't play it all Love too but i can't
8: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do
0: when you win like are you a fist pumper